Welcome to the May 7th, 2019 edition of the Crypto.IQ Daily Radio Show, where we do a deep dive market analysis every day and talk about the most interesting stories in the Bitcoin and crypto space. This is your host, Space Marine, live from space. From Friday through Sunday, Bitcoin was stuck in a range between $5,500 and $5,800 and was quite volatile. But around 4 a.m. yesterday morning, when Bitcoin was around 5580 it began to steadily rise, reaching $5,700 by 8 p.m., and then the price of Bitcoin began to more rapidly rise, rising as high as 59.30 on Bitstamp by 11 p.m. And since then, Bitcoin has found support somewhere around 58.50, maybe $5,800. The lowest it got last night was 58.60. And now we see Bitcoin back up there at 59.30 as I speak, right as the stock market opens, actually. The stock market, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, is down over 200 points right at the bell, the opening bell. So maybe that's influencing the crypto market a little bit because I noticed Bitcoin spiked right after the opening bell of the stock market. And indeed, it is speculated and theorized that if stocks are doing badly, then people would be looking to put their money into Bitcoin. Of course, it might be a little too far to say that the opening bell directly led to like a slight increase in Bitcoin's price. But in general, I am watching the stock market because the weaker the stock market gets, the more likely people that generally invest in stocks will diversify into Bitcoin. Because right now, today, stocks are not making money and bond yields are going down towards zero because people generally move their money out of stocks into bonds as a safe harbor. But the more people that buy the bonds, the rates go to zero. So that sleeves bitcoins as one of the only profitable options. This is kind of what we expect long term if we see a stock recession. Remember on a past show, we talked about the bond yield curve inversion. Basically, the bond yield curve inverted about a month or two ago, and that indicates there should be a major stock recession in about a year. So if that actually happens, we should see the broad effect of stock traders moving their money into Bitcoin, which would cause a rapid feedback loop, because even a small amount of the money in the stock market being moved into Bitcoin would cause a big rally. And then a big rally would cause even more people to jump in to try to get in on the rally. So that's something to expect in the future. And I think the stock market doing... Not so well is part of the reason that Bitcoin is going up a lot over the past day or so and why we're seeing Bitcoin at new highs for 2019 right at 5930 and since 4 a.m. yesterday morning Bitcoin is up almost four hundred dollars three hundred and forty to be exact so that's a significant price rise for Bitcoin. Another important factor is the continuing uh, tension and anxiety surrounding the Bitfinex tether lawsuit from the New York Attorney General's office in the Supreme Court of New York. This has caused prices on Bitfinex to be about $300 to $400 above the price on Bitstamp. Right now it's about $350 premium. And this is from traders on Bitfinex fearing that Bitfinex will collapse and stop honoring the withdrawals. So they're moving their funds from USD into Bitcoin and withdrawing the Bitcoin since Bitcoin is the fastest way to withdraw funds from Bitfinex. And I've been following the Bitfinex subreddit closely to see if there's any problems with withdrawals for fiat or crypto. And two weeks ago when this crisis started, there was no problems with fiat withdrawals. People were reporting they were getting even large fiat withdrawals uh, quickly and easily. I'm starting to see several reports now that fiat withdrawals are getting very slow and perhaps not even working. So that's increasing the panic on Bitfinex. And indeed, the price on Bitfinex is now approaching $6,300 as I speak. And... Bitstamp is following suit and has risen to a new 2019 high as I speak of 59.50. So yeah, this is important to monitor. So far, it seems like Bitfinex has been working enough that this is an arbitrage opportunity. So people could buy Bitcoin on like Bitstamp and Coinbase 
and other exchanges like Bittrex and then sell it on Bitfinex and withdraw the fiat for a good profit margin. Well, I wouldn't recommend this anymore because it seems like it's starting to get a little risky. But that being said, Bitfinex themselves could be buying Bitcoin on the other exchanges and then selling it on their own exchange for fiat. And indeed, there's a huge sell wall on a Bitfinex. Like, it's a steep sell wall, like really hard resistance right where the price is at $6,300. But yet the price is still going up. So maybe that's Bitfinex themselves actually selling a lot of Bitcoin they're buying all across the world on other spot exchanges. I'm just speculating. But even if customers are not able to withdraw fiat that easily, uh, Bitfinex is in charge of the exchange. And I think legally they could be doing massive arbitrage here. So back to the point, basically Bitcoin's price over the past couple of weeks has been getting dragged upwards by this arbitrage on Bitfinex because of the price premium on Bitfinex. So that's probably continuing to this day. So while I'm talking and explaining this, the Bitcoin market is rapidly moving. In fact, this is the fastest I've seen the market move while I'm recording a show. So Bitcoin hit a high of 59.70 on Bitstamp actually at 10.01 a.m. Eastern Time. And then by 10.14 or 10.15 a.m., Bitcoin was down to 57.75. So it dropped literally $200 within 15 minutes. And now it's stabilizing near 58.20, 58.30. So we're seeing some real volatility this morning on the Bitcoin market. It went from being a 2019 high at 59.70 to dropping $200 within minutes. Despite this $200 drop within 15 minutes that just happened, the crypto market is still in the green. It was strongly in the green earlier this morning, like 20 minutes ago. It's still in the green, but not as much. So Ethereum is up 4.6% in the past 24 hours. It's near $173. And by the way, the Bitcoin market cap is near $105 billion right now. Ripple's up 0.8%. Bitcoin Cash is up 0.6%. Litecoin's up 1.5%, near $75. EOS is up 2.5%. Binance Coin is down 1%, near $22. Stellar is up 0.9%. Cardano is up 0.3%. Tron is up 1.1%. Monero is up 0.1%. Dash up 1.2%. Bitcoin SV up 1.2%. Cosmos is down 2.3%. After rallying a lot over the past couple weeks cosmos is kind of leveling off now tezos is up six and a half percent iota is up 0.6 percent and then dogecoin is up 0.2 percent so before this flash crash 200 dollars price drop that just happened uh the cryptos most of the major cryptos had significant gains and now the gains are kind of weak a lot of them are less than one percent or less than two percent and by the time you hear this, the price will probably be different. It's changing every minute now. Bitcoin's price is at 58.50. So we're seeing some extreme volatility this morning. And the numbers I just listed of the percentage changes for the major cryptos is changing like every minute by a significant amount, it seems like. The total crypto market cap hit a new 2019 high of $189 billion this morning. And that's just a little above the previous 2019 high set several days ago of $188.5 billion. This is 89% above the bear market low of $100 billion in December. Right now, the total crypto market cap has slid back a bit to $187 billion. That's still up $6 billion in the past 24 hours. To summarize this market analysis, basically overnight was very bullish for Bitcoin with new 2019 highs into the morning hours. But now uh, we're towards the latter morning hours and it seems like the bullishness has been suppressed and... Now Bitcoin's trading somewhere between 5,800 and 5,850, and 
the crypto market has seen not so significant gains, but still mostly in the green. Moving on to the first interesting story of the day. There's this crazy story about someone that started a crowdfunding campaign. Like there's sites like GoFundMe where you can present your idea and then people will fund you if they really like your idea and then you got to deliver a product. Well, this person made the iBackpack. It's literally a backpack that's supposed to be like a smart backpack, kind of like stealing the name of the iPhone there and put it right there, an iBackpack. And it's supposed to be a backpack that has like USB ports and it's really funny to read uh, the schematic for this backpack that convinced people to invest $800,000 actually in total. So the first GoFundMe this person launched raised $720,000 for a smart backpack. And then he went on and raised another $80,000 on another site for iBackpack 2.0. But anyways, on the schematic it says it's weatherproof. It has the best zippers and it has a RFID blocking technology, hidden pockets and secret compartments, 30 plus compartments, TSA friendly, uh, built in rain hood, padded handles. And I guess it's supposed to have USB ports too or something. I mean, there's not much you could do to a backpack to make it a smart backpack. So that's all they put there for the investors. And people gave him $800,000 for that schematic, basically. And then this person ran off and bought Bitcoin with $800,000, basically. So, yeah, he's being prosecuted now by the Federal Trade Commission. And I'm assuming probably by the Department of Justice eventually. Moving on to the next story, so Taproot might be coming eventually. Taproot's kind of like a privacy upgrade for Bitcoin, where it kind of obscures your inputs and your outputs and some other things. It's pretty complex, but Peter Weil, it's spelled P-E-A-T-E-R-W-U-I-L-L-E. He's a early and good Bitcoin developer, and so he's trying to propose this soft fork for Bitcoin. There's never really hard forks with Bitcoin. They would never hard fork for an upgrade because that's really crazy. All the people that have Bitcoin core wallets in the world would have to like upgrade or it would cause a chain split. So this would be a soft fork where basically like it's put into Bitcoin core, but it's not like incompatible with older versions that don't have it sort of thing. So they're trying to do the taproot upgrade. And whenever we've even seen a soft fork, like the last one was segregated witness SegWit that actually caused Bitcoin cash to split off. Because uh, the Bitcoin Cash community did not want segregated witness. They instead chose to increase the block size to like 8 megabytes and then way beyond that. I think it's like 32 megabytes now for their block size limit on Bitcoin Cash. But zooming out on this story, basically there's this upgrade for Bitcoin that's possible where it could be a bit more privacy oriented. And also it would have improved smart contracts and Schnorr signatures, which is another way to sign Bitcoin transactions. So... They've been wanting Schnorr signatures for a while, so we'll see if this happens. But in general, even if there's a soft fork, and even if it's a really good idea to do this soft fork, it seems like there's a lot of debate, and sometimes there is like a, some sort of fork where a new cryptocurrency is created from a certain fraction of the community disagreeing with such proposals. So it's not really good in general to even propose upgrades for Bitcoin because it causes a debate that might like split the community a bit. But with Taproot, it's not really causing much debate at this point, and maybe it'll just happen without much problems, because it seems really well designed, and it makes Bitcoin a little more private, and it adds the Schnorr signatures. Moving on to the next story. Starbucks is apparently teaming up with Microsoft Azure, so Microsoft Azure is kind of like their answer to Amazon Web Services, it's like their version of it. And it has blockchain technology for a while now, so the Azure blockchain service is going to be used by Starbucks in order to track coffee from where it is grown all the way into someone's cup or into their bag of coffee they buy at the store. 
So Starbucks says they're especially doing this because they want people to be able to see where their coffee came from. And I'll just like read their exact quote. Uh, this kind of transparency offers customers the chance to see that the coffee they enjoy from us is the result of many people caring deeply. Well, okay. But anyways, blockchain technology is transparent and secure. So basically, you could track a coffee bean being grown somewhere in like the Amazon all the way to like the package of coffee you buy at like Publix or whatever, the coffee cup you drink at Starbucks. Like They'll probably have like a little QR code on the bags of coffee or on the coffee cups in order to use this blockchain technology so then people can see the exact process and where it came from and that might be interesting for coffee aficionados and also in general besides this there's an economic use for blockchain supply chain tracking basically if you use blockchain technology your supply chain becomes more transparent and and then it becomes more efficient because you can identify inefficiencies in the supply chain like you could see if a coffee shipment got held up too long at a port or some coffee got stolen Stuff like that. So if you're using blockchain technology, you can make your supply chain stronger and shorter. So in the end, blockchain technology has the potential to make the coffee at Starbucks uh, less expensive because they'll be losing less coffee along their supply chain. And also it'll be fresher because the coffee will reach the customers faster. So that's the whole point of blockchain technology for supply chain. And besides money, cryptocurrency, supply chain is probably the best use for blockchain technology. So Starbucks is not the only one doing this. There's lots of companies around the world doing supply chain blockchains for all sorts of products. So we're seeing Starbucks jump onto this. This does not mean Starbucks is accepting Bitcoin or anything like that. There has been some speculation in the recent past that Starbucks would start to accept Bitcoin via a partnership with BACKT, which is B-A-K-K-T, the same exchange that is trying to launch physical Bitcoin features but has failed to do so thus far. So... There has been speculation that Starbucks could accept Bitcoin, but then the speculation went to like, okay, they're probably going to accept it in their online wallet, like their app, but not at the store itself, like not on the counter. Like we're not expecting QR codes on the counter at Starbucks for Bitcoin, but maybe in their app. But none of that has happened yet. And this story today is just about supply chain, blockchain, not about cryptocurrency. Moving on to the next story. Apparently there's hackers targeting GitHub and they basically got access to 390 repositories on GitHub and they delete all the code in the entire repository and then they leave a message saying to recover your lost code and avoid leaking it. Send us 0.1 Bitcoin to the address and con contact us by email and uh, proof of payment and whatever. So basically they're deleting people's GitHubs and GitHub's like the most popular place to code with like a group of people. In fact, I think Bitcoin is maintained on GitHub and most of the other cryptocurrencies have a GitHub repository where they basically add their forks and add their upgrades and make the code in the first place they use GitHub. So 390 of them have been targeted by a hacker that wants Bitcoin. Apparently the hacker's Bitcoin address, which they seem to be using on every single one of the GitHubs, has only received $3. And I have a feeling that $3 that was sent to the addresses from the hacker themselves after maybe like a day or two of doing this and not receiving anything, they sent some Bitcoin to themselves to see if the address is working. Well, of course the address is working and no one has paid up for this scam. So people have lost 390 of the repositories, but I'm assuming they backed it up and they probably just started a new GitHub account with like more security where you know it's not hackable or something like that so the ha uh, the developers are not falling for this scam and there's a lot of bitcoin scams like this where people demand bitcoin that's like called ransomware and 
I find the ransomware thing really stupid. Like, the news will, like, talk about ransomware. Like, the mainstream news will say, oh, the hackers are demanding Bitcoin and they've attacked a police station or a hospital or something. And, like, basically, if you get ransomware, God forbid you get it, like, on your screen, it'll be locked or something and it'll say, you must give us, like, one Bitcoin right now or your computer will never come back and you'll lose all your files and will leak all of your files. So that's what ransomware is. And this is basically ransomware on GitHub, the story I'm talking about today. Well... Little do people know that with that sort of ransomware where it's actually on their computer, they could just like pretty much get rid of it if they're savvy enough with technology. I think I had it once in the past and I just literally uh, had to restore my entire Windows system and start with a fresh copy. So that's not so optimal for people that have a lot of sensitive information on their computer. But if you save your Bitcoin private keys in a secure way that's not completely on the computer, like if you use an external hard drive, I guess they call it a hardware wallet, then you won't lose your Bitcoin from ransomware. And these uh, developers on GitHub were not falling for this sort of ransomware on GitHub. Likely because they backed up all of their information on their own hard drives. Moving on to the next story. Apparently a critical bug was discovered with Tron. It's already fixed though. Basically what happened is there's these things called bug bounties where you have white hat hackers. So the difference between hackers is you have black hat hackers, kind of like the ones on GitHub that were trying to steal Bitcoin by like deleting GitHub repositories. Well, the white hat hackers actually try to find uh, exploits and problems with programs like cryptocurrencies. A lot of cryptocurrencies use white hat hackers to discover their vulnerabilities, and then they get paid a bounty for their efforts. Basically, they find something that could destroy the cryptocurrency or the program, and then they tell the developers and the developers fix it. So that's what happened with Tron. This is not a situation right now. Tron is not exploitable or vulnerable right now but there was a vulnerability where basically someone could ddos denial of service attack like all of the super nodes for tron and like make the network unusable well they got paid fifteen hundred dollars for finding this vulnerability and then a second bounty of thirty one hundred dollars was also paid from the tron foundation so they received forty six hundred dollars for their efforts and that's the whole point of bug bounties and white hat hacking they basically get plenty of money to live and even then some, that's a lot of money. And they use their hacking efforts in order to receive honest money, and then they fix the code, basically. The developers go ahead and fix the code based on the white hat hacker's recommendations, and then there's no problems at all. And apparently bug bounties, there's been $878,000 of cryptocurrency bug bounties in 2018. So almost a million dollars has been paid to the white hat hackers for fixing cryptocurrency vulnerabilities, and it's an essential thing. Basically, the hackers can be used for good and for evil, so here we have hackers being used for good, where they're finding all the vulnerabilities they can and being paid basically a living for doing so, versus the black hat hackers that basically destroy stuff and somehow make money off of that. So ultimately, hacking can be a real career, as long as it's done for bug bounties and not for malicious activities. That's all I have for you today on this May 7th, 2019 edition of the Crypto.IQ Daily Radio Show. Come back tomorrow for another exciting episode and go to Crypto.IQ 24-7 for the most interesting stories in the Bitcoin and crypto space. Also join the Crypto.IQ Trading Desk. They have made 314% profit since July, even in the worst of the bear market. And if you join the Crypto.IQ Trading Desk, you can see their trades in real time and there's a full trade analysis with each trade just by reading the trade analysis you can become an expert cryptocurrency trader but it gets even better you can ask the crypto.iq traders questions in real time and they'll answer your questions pretty quickly 
So the Crypto.IQ Trading Desk is the best way to become an expert and profitable cryptocurrency trader. This is your host, Space Marine, signing out. I remain in space.